This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Padres Hot Tub is brought to you by the Padres Hot Tub Patreon community growing each and every day as we get closer to the baseball season, to spring training, to fan fest. People are dusting off their baseball caps. They're trying to remember, you know, I'd put this thing on forward or backwards. How, do, how does my glove go on my hand again? Why am I wearing a glove? And they're thinking about baseball. And if there's a welcoming, inviting, exciting community to come and talk Padres baseball, it's the PHT community, Chris. It is, guys. In our Discord, which you get with uh, uh, your contribution to our Patreon starting at 5 bucks a month, you get access to this Discord. And as somebody who is outside the Discord, just listening to the podcast on my iTunes because I loved listening to Craig and John and felt like I was um, talking about baseball with friends or in a room with friends talking about baseball, I got into the Discord and you can talk about anything in there, including the Padres. There's, you know, dozens of different voices every day. Uh, it's a place of kindness. It's a place of, of thinking. You, you learn something new every day. And I've found a lot of value just in opening up that Discord app every day and checking in with my fellow, fellow hot tubbers. Hey, if you're a fan of this podcast, if you're a fan of what we've been putting out and you've been supporting it by downloading it and, and listening, we appreciate you. We love you. You are the basis of, of this show. But if you really do like what we're doing, hey, why don't you help support what we're doing? Because we're trying to grow this community. We're trying to build it. This isn't anyone's full-time job. No one's making a mint off of this. You're not just enjoying the, the luxury of Bill Simmons' lifestyle here okay we're we're trying to put something together for you that you enjoy so if you like it go ahead and back it it's just five dollars and what we give back to you free podcasts ad free podcasts our patrons aren't even hearing this whole diatribe right now <laughs> uh you a 12 hour earlier access and access to the discord which is worth probably double the cost of what you're getting just to join the community. So why don't you go ahead and give us a try? Dip your toe in for just five bucks into the hot tub. Patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Padres Hot Tub. Welcome to the Padres Hot Tub, everybody. Craig Elston, Chris Reed, back together. It's January 30th. It's a Monday night. It's late. It's been raining. It's been raining up in LA. It rained a little bit uh, last night. It did not rain out my softball game yesterday for the first time since before Thanksgiving. Uh, so things are green. Things are clean. No complaints here. 
All right. It's been wet and miserable today, and the dog doesn't want to go for a walk. So uh, it's it's all right. We're inside. We're talking baseball. We've got a couple of things that we're going to be digging into over the course of this one, including uh, Dick Monfort coming after Peter Seidler. That's going to be our entry uh, into conversation to talk about the finances of baseball and how the Padres maybe have changed the paradigm of some of the finances of baseball. We're going to get into the pitch clock and the new rules uh, coming into 2023. How will they affect specifically some of our Padres heroes? And we're going to wrap up the show uh, by taking the Padres fan survey on The Athletic. We're going to take it live together here, uh, Chris, and this will be level setting our expectations and feelings uh, as we head into spring training. Now just two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting less than two weeks away from WBC pitchers and players reporting. Oh, the energy is building. Um, I, I don't know where you're going to be at in this survey, uh, Craig, but on a scale from one to five, where one is depressed and five is vibing, I'm vibing, my friend. I'm at a five. So, uh, you know, I, I like what The Athletic does with that every year. I, I enjoy answering those nine questions to give them the data they want on Padres fans. And I think we've done this. John and I did it before at some point. I'm just, I guarantee that'll be the shortest, happiest one. Uh, we will save that as a, as a, a, a little dulce uh, to wrap up the show. Okay, we'll start off with what very little could be described as in the news. Because um, truly not much is happening. Uh, not much is happening all around baseball. You're getting the random thing. Jeff McNeil re-ups with the Mets. The Mets are spending almost a half a billion dollars on payroll. Um must have Bless him, man. Billion dollars. Thanks, Uncle Stevie. Good for you, man. There should be there should be ten teams spending half a billion dollars for franchises worth, you know, three to four billion. Well, we'll talk, and we'll talk more about that. Um, the thing I kind of wanted to knock out just to get out of the way. This happened after we recorded last week. Um, the National Baseball Hall of Fame uh, final, you know, the voting announcement. Uh, only one player voted in. That's Scott Rowland. Fred McGriff will join him. Of course, he was he was uh, I don't know what they call it, Veterans Committee or the new the new Veterans Committee, whatever it is. Uh, the thing that they created that let Fred McGriff in. That's great. Um, Scott Rowland, and uh, we talked about this a little bit on banter. So our patrons have already heard some at least sliver of this discussion. Uh, Scott Rowland is a really good player. Uh, who I always thought of as being like maybe the third, fourth, or fifth best third baseman uh, in the league, and maybe some years the best. Um, and he's a Hall of Famer, and he, you know, he he made it in. He made it in by five votes. Uh, good for him. I'm not mad at it. But my first thought when I saw that Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer is like Manny Ramirez is it can can backwalk into the Hall of Fame. Because if Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer, Manny Ramirez, uh, Manny Machado, I think I said Manny Ramirez, Manny Machado, Manny Machado should backwalk into the Hall of Fame. Manny Machado, to me, already is set up to be a Hall of Famer and has already had a better career than Scott Rowland. Uh, the numbers back you up a little bit there. 
Uh, I want to say Manny is like, gosh, I want to say he's like 12 wins uh, above replacement behind Scott. Let's see. Manny has 52 and Mr. Roland had 70. So 18. He's 18 wins. That is three to five seasons for Manny Machado. Um, and he's going to play at least that, if not three or four more than that. So I agree with you, man. I think he might moonwalk in there. Yeah. Backwalk, moonwalk, duck walk. Yeah. He's got to throw some savvy on it. I, I, I mean, somebody like he could, he could maybe even take, you know, one of those flying taxis and a drone that might happen by then. Now I know third base is a somewhat underrepresented position in in the hall overall, uh, and I hear, believe me, I don't care enough to to put a strong case for or against Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland was really good in Philadelphia and Cincinnati, uh, maybe kind of good in St. Louis. He's a good player. It doesn't bother me. I'm not mad that Scott Rowland's in the Hall of Fame, but if you gave me a ballot. I wouldn't vote him for the Hall of Fame. I would vote Todd Helton. Um, I would vote Andrew Jones. Uh, and and I would vote Jeff Kent uh, in, into the Hall of Fame uh, before I would vote Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he would have been the eighth or the ninth or the tenth guy that I ticked on the ballot. But uh, just in that very basic grind test, the non-sabermetric, the, was, was he a player that I thought when I was in a stratomatic draft I had to have in the first 15 players? You know, was he a player that I felt in a fantasy draft I had to get right away? Or was he one of the guys that was like, yeah, well, if I didn't get X, Y, or Z, then I could get Roland. You know, um, I think I'm disparaging Scott Roland. I think I want to stop. No, you know what? You're not alone, right? There, there are a lot of baseball writers. It took him a long time to get this far. I think in his first year of candidacy, he got like 10% of the vote or something very low. I know he set the new record for person with the highest climb uh, to induction. I watched a lot of baseball in the 90s because I'm a child of the 90s. And Roland was always very impressive. You know, he's one of the guys that, top five at his position every single year for like 13, 14, 15 years. And I think that type of consistency belongs in the hall of fame. Like maybe he never, you know, was MVP. People knock him for that. He never was like an awards contender. He never led the league in some of these categories, but he was a one daughter for at least one season in OPS. Like the dude was fearsome with the bat in his hand and solid at the hot corner. And if there's going to be positions where you reward defense a little over others, you know, center field, Andrew Jones, I think should be in uh shortstop. I think Scott, I think he belongs. Now, is he the clearest one? When I watched him back then where you're going, Oh, this guy's first ballot, no doubt. No, he's not that guy. But I think, you know, the, the players talk about it now, the guys who post. And he had some injury problems where he physically couldn't. But when he wasn't, you know, down for half the season, the dude was rock solid every game. All right, real quick. Uh, there were 16 players who earned enough votes 
from the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame voters to be included on a future ballot. Uh, one of those players is an exception. Jeff Kent was on his 10th and final ballot, so he's aged out of this. But Scott Rowland, uh, you know, 76%. Do you, th- do you think you would have put a, a check next to his name? You got 10 checks. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I am I on that I list. Yeah, he just, he wouldn't have been my first. Todd Helton got 72%. Yep. Yeah, Posley's fans can vouch for that, man. Yeah. And Ben Higgins had to hear me say it sitting next to him at a lot of ball games over the years, but he was to me the next player in baseball that hit like Tony Gwynn, except he had power. Oh, yeah, a little but bit he more would pop. Line to line and back to the other line. You know, he could put it anywhere. Truly great hitter. Um, Billy Wagner. I the are I'm a no on Billy Wagner. I just don't think he was enough for long enough. Um I know there's other relievers that you can go back and look at their stats, you know, uh Lee Smith and some of these other guys that got put in by the committee and Billy Wagner was more dominant and did better than them, but I don't know. I think I'm a no on Billy Wagner. Hmm. I'm probably a yes. On Billy Wagner. Um, Andrew Jones. I'm a yes on Andrew Jones. I think you said you're a yes on Andrew Jones. Yeah, man. Gary Sheffield, 55%. I'm a yes on Gary Sheffield. See, to me, when I think about dominant players from that era, I would say Gary Sheffield so much earlier in the conversation than I would say Scott Rowland. For sure. Scott Rowland was a steady, solid, really like kind of, you know, all the screws are tightened you know, low error, low mistake player. Gary Sheffield was friggin' scary, you know, and maybe that's overrating his offense and, and not taking into account that he was a pretty poor defender in right field, uh, you know, the majority of his career. Um, but nonetheless, I'm an absolute yes on Gary Sheffield. Well, Gary Sheffield got mentioned in the Balco scandal, right? Do you think that's what's harming his candidacy more than his actual production? I don't know. 509 home runs. Yeah, it must Ah, be. That has to be it. And I know that's a hill that some people will never get over. I think all those guys should be in. I, I know they cheated. I know they used illicit substance that were banned by the game, but you know what? The game didn't test for them. And you know what? Previous generations had their own little substances, their own little supplements to get them over the bump when they needed it. So, and especially since Sheffield was never suspended, never tested positive. He's just mentioned in a report as somebody who, you know, was a customer uh, of whatever dude's name was. So, I think he's a no-brainer in, especially if you're one of the folks like me who thinks the Hall should open up a a juiced wing. Well, and yeah, I don't don't want to... I I just heard a John Gennaro's like ghostly voice in my head going, I don't care. Um, (laughs) And so I'm going to respect that. Um, But honestly, I would probably vote for Alex Rodriguez for the Hall of Fame too. I mean... I know he's a complete a-hole, but like, <laughs> I mean, there's just no question he was the best player, like, for so long. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. He, he had almost 11,000 at-bats in Major League Baseball. He had almost 700 home runs. He drove in over 2,000 runs. This really shouldn't be a discussion. 
No. You know, he had a career 295 average. I know he's a two-time cheat. Um, the only other guy I would say is if I if I'm going to include Billy Wagner, I'm going to include Frank Francisco Rodriguez. So, um, and that's that's the end of my story. Uh, Francisco Rodriguez actually pitched almost a th- almost a hundred more innings than Billy Wagner in his career. Well, and that's my that. that's my knock on Wagner is that there's not enough there. I I'm I'm a hard no on Francisco Rodriguez, so he's not sending me a Christmas card this year. A Rod, baby. Uh yeah, A Rod's absolutely like having said what I A Rod, yes, A Rod, no. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, I thought you said A Rod again. I thought you went back. No, nah, I'm I'm not going back ever again. We're done. <laughs> um, Keith Law's top 100 prospects uh, came out earlier today. Uh, encouraged uh, number 20, Jackson Merrill. Uh, number 97, I think, the kid Zavala, but he's on the list. Hey, trade the whole farm. Still got two guys in the top 100. Yeah, I saw people in the in our Discord lamenting that the Dodgers have nine guys and the Padres have two. I don't think any of this is real. And as far as the source, Keith Law had Jerks and Profar as his number 11 free agent. So I don't even know if I trust Keith Law in this. Man, all I know is that Sam Zavala was born in 2004, and that makes me so angry that I'm this old and he's so young and filled with so much potential that this list has just upset me. You know, I'm glad you brought up Jerickson Profar real quick. I mean, I don't, I don't care either. I mean, we can sit here and do the, are they going to trade Jackson Merrill or are they not? Um, I will say someone in our Discord uh, put up a great piece in our Padres channel uh, that's annually written about who's the best hitter in minor league baseball. And Merrill was, I think, third on their list for best hitter in minor league baseball. But when you watch that kid swing, his swing kind of reminds me of Freddie Freeman. I I, got to be honest. He's got this compact line drive swing that's extremely short, uh, short and quick. And he's got left field rifle, right field rifle. He can lift the ball. Uh, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting to see. And absolutely, again, we, we, we can speculate all we want about, are they going to keep this kid around? Or are they not? Uh, if push comes to shove and they have to shove more chips in the pot, Merrill will be the chip to shove. I hope that he makes it to the big leagues with the Padres, man. I, I think... That's one of those things when people talk about, oh, you're all in and then you're going to be all gone. I'd prefer to think of like, well, you've got two years of Kim. If, if Merrill's the guy who comes in right after that, you know, we're not prospect tugging if we only hang on to the best ones. Great point, Craig. And, you know, I don't want to look at these guys as currency either. It's no fun in that. You want to be along with their journey as much as possible. Me and my son drove out to Lake Elsinore about a week and a half before Jackson Merrill got there this year to go watch James Wood, who I was afraid was about to get traded and removed from the Padres system. And that's exactly what happened. So we'll definitely be, unless he gets promoted, which he might, do you know if he's heading to double A or if he's going to start the season in Lake Elsinore this year? I, that's a good question. I think spring training will help. I, I, you know, I think one of the cool things about the first couple weeks of spring training as a kid like Merrill will be playing every day 
um, and, and you'll get those at least six to eight, six to ninth inning uh, sneak peeks uh, at him. But he got to high A last year, right? Ah, yeah, he finished at Lake Elsinore. So th- at, th- at the bare minimum, he's starting there. Yeah. But I think it's San Antonio. I think you yeah. started San Antonio. But I mean, San Antonio, really, that's the next step to the big leagues these days. Yeah, I so, mean, the Tatis route. <laughs> it, it can be, it's, you know, going from double A, going from triple A, there's not that stigma of level by level that there used to be. There's a lot of. This is the smell of a warm three day old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! (sighs) Smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Discussion, and there has been for years, that double A is where prospects go, and then triple A a lot of times is where, you know, Adam Engel goes. Mm-hmm. And, and and the guys who, uh, Ryan Weathers, so sorry to say, you know, the, the guys who really don't feel like they are prospects anymore. The You know, the guys who were hanging on and trying to find their way. So... And given the hitting situations in the Pacific Coast League, and specifically El Paso, how much do you really? How many homers did Austin Hedges hit there? Yeah, maybe you're not getting the most accurate reflection of major league potential. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure that I'm. I'm just saying I'm not sure a Chihuahua stop is mandatory yeah. uh, on the way to the big leagues if you're as good as this kid is. I sure hope it's not San Antonio at first, not, you know, at the, at the sacrifice of his development. Uh, I just want to drive and go see him be fun. I do recommend any Padres fan go out to Lake Elsinore. It's a rad complex. Uh, They, they have a good product. It's fun. Um, You know, they, they won their league last year on the backs of James Wood and a few other talented guys. So it's a lot, it's a good time. All right, let's uh, switch up and talk a little bit um, about. F- <laughs> let's talk about the world of finance. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's get the actor. This <laughs> actor no, could really no. help here. Yeah, uh, let, let me do this in a more compelling way. Let's rip Dick Monfort uh, and talk about how maybe the Padres are helping change baseball uh, a little bit. Dick Monfort is the owner of the Rockies. And let me just say, Chris, thank God. Thank God Dick Montfort is the owner of the Rockies because that's one less team to worry about. You know, that's one team that you can just count out. You can count them out over and over again. There's going to be that one out of 20 seasons where the Rockies stumble into something and all of the dominoes fall in the right direction and they win 90 games and they still don't do shit. Like, that's, 
that's the Rockies. Rocktober happened. You know, the Tulowitzki bobbleheads will be real. The Ubaldo Jimenez bobbleheads will be real. Uh, you don't ever have to worry about them. Like, we felt that way about Arizona. Now it seems like Arizona's starting to get their act together. But the Rockies, you don't have to worry about the Rockies. And that's awesome. And here's why. Dick Monfort is not an owner that wants to commit to winning in any way. So it was super, super fun that he called out the Padres uh, last week. Here were his uh, exact comments, uh, some of them. Uh, he says, what the Padres are doing, I don't 100% agree with, though I know that our fans probably agree with it. We'll see how it works out. I look at the Padres, and they have a really talented team, but they have some holes, too. They've got three, maybe four starting pitchers, and then they're sort of like us. They have Musgrave, Snell, and Darvish, so I don't know. They've spent a lot of money, and they will have to spend a lot more if they want to keep Juan Soto. But it does put a lot of pressure on you. Yes, it does. <laughs> it puts pressure on you to actually try to win baseball games as a major league baseball owner. Oh, you know, the, the most rich thing about this is he goes, eh, they, they lack starting pitching death, which is like every Padres fan's mantra at the moment. But bro, oh, Dick Montfort's in the, in the Discord. Dick Montfort's yeah. in there. He and Alex Pena are hanging out going, Preller is asleep at the wheel. <laughs> this is a dude whose number three starter is friggin' Antonio Sensatella and his 6.41 road ERA. That's not Coors Field. That's at every other stadium. So, bro, glass houses, no matter how much they cost, maybe don't pick up the rocks. Well, this pairs very nicely with a somewhat more reasonable discussion, which is, I mean, indeed, there are a lot of owners in Major League Baseball that aren't really psyched with what's happening. And you've got on one level Steve Cohen, and Steve Cohen is just the rogue cuckoo, right? I mean, he's doing to the economics of baseball what the Warriors are doing to the NBA economics, going, we don't care. Everyone gets a Supermax. We'll be spending $3 for every payroll dollar that we're spending, and we're still going to fill Chase Center, and we're still going to make money, and everyone's going to be fine. Um, Cohen is violating a tax that they named after him, <laughs> which is just, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of a boss move, I'll admit. But um, in our Discord uh, was a great link to a podcast that then you guys shared and I listened to today uh, stuck in rainy traffic uh, on the way to work this morning uh, with Jeff Passan and Pablo Torre of ESPN talking about this new paradigm. And Cohen comes in with his own money and throws it around. But I thought the very interesting part, and I think you guys agreed, uh, the interesting part uh, that Passan was discussing is how Peter Seidler took out an equity loan. He borrowed money to create liquidity, meaning cash on hand, in order to invest in player salaries, uh, not investing in maybe a new building that he'd be, you know, getting rental space from adjacent to Petco Park, the John Moore's uh, theory, right? But instead, like literally 
borrowing money and then buying Xander Bogarts. Um, And on one level, you can say chicken little stuff and go, oh my God, well, what happens if they can't make their payments? What happens if they don't make the money that they think they're going to make? What happens if the Padres don't win the World Series? Is it all going to come crashing down and... And Seidler's going to be, uh, you know, under a mountain of debt, and the Padres' uh, ship is going to be destroyed. That's one way you can look at it, Chris. Or you can say, and, and Jeff Passan said it very well: the Padres are borrowing against their future to make a better future, and to to push their club through deliberate choice from one category into a separate category. And I have to pair that with. FanFest is on Saturday, and that day, the Padres are capping, capping season tickets and creating a wait list because demand has grown to the point that they literally cannot fulfill all of the human beings who want to buy season tickets to the San Diego Padres. I think these two things have to be presented side by side. Greg, you and I were at that clinching game at Petco against the Dodgers. Yeah, that is what that investment pay. That's the payoff for the investment. That's the reward for giving a crap about trying to win games and using your massive wealth at your disposal to get the best product on the field, not the best weight room. Uh, Mr. Rocky's owner, man, not, not the best facility so that you can bring in all the other $300 million players so you can show them your equipment. No, you want to put the best nine on the field, no matter what it costs, because you want to win. We want all these owners to be like us, which is we want our team to friggin' win. That's what it's about. And uh, thank goodness for Papa Pete, man. Yeah, well, one thing, just kind of a last thing to discuss on this, uh, is that we, we've mentioned it before. It's not a big money deal. It's not the Yes Network, but the Padres do have an ownership stake in Bally Sports San Diego. And Bally Sports San Diego looks like it's about to go under, just like the rest of all the Sinclair Bally Sports Networks. There's a very good chance that they're going to declare bankruptcy. Um, and... Who knows what happens out of that? That doesn't mean, by the way, that Don and Mud will be fired. Uh, the Padres hire their announcers, and and wherever wherever the Padres put their broadcasts, they can put their broadcasters. But whether it's MLB trying to create, what I think they're going to do, what I actually think they're going to do is, I think they're going to try and replicate the MLS deal that uh, Apple has, and and see if Apple will create an MLB deal that's along the lines of an MLS deal that, that becomes a part and parcel thing. And if it's not Apple, it could be Amazon. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 I see it going to a tech company, um, before I see MLB trying to create their own user interface. Um, you know, their, their own, like over the top, they've got MLB TV, but you need something that defeats the, the whole blackout, situation and i i could see them because mls you can just get now you know one package every single mls game uh on apple tv plus this coming season i see that before i see uh an in-house 
I think you're right. They're going to do some sort of partnership. And Major League Baseball has just appointed a guy, you know, to to figure all this out, to figure out how to end blackouts. That's one of the mandates of his job. You know, this is a mess. We know fans hate it. Uh, so let's clean it up. And it may be a, a tough situation to navigate. These people have made a lot of money to do it. Um, but maybe the Bally Sports you know, collapse is happening at the right time for Major League Baseball to not have to wait for things to clear up down the road and they can just attack it now and, and grow the sport the way we all want them to. Bottom line, are the Padres putting themselves in a situation where the House of Cards is going to fall? How can that how can that be a popular sentiment along the lines of Major League Baseball prognosticators and pundits? The team has sold out and capped their season tickets. We're the Green Bay Packers now. You know, people are going to be, you know, seeding their season tickets from grandfather to grandson. And will it stay at that level forever? I don't know, but Fernando Tatis Jr. is under contract till 2036. I mean, <laughs> like, they're not trying to be done with this in two years. And and that's just the one thing that I, and I, whether it's within our own community or within just Padres Twitter or the Padres community at large, that's the one thing I just don't get. Yeah, Juan Soto might leave. You know, Manny might opt out, but they're not going to hang up their their cleats, the Padres ownership, and, and they just go, oh, well, we screwed up. Never mind. Thanks for all those season tickets. Now we're going to give you the final piece again. We're, gonna, we're bringing back Seth Smith. You know, like, I, I just, I don't see that. I understand the apprehension, the nervousness. We've all been burned by our Padres owners before, but... Uh, this podcast was a great resource and credit to uh, Discord user Evan BE2 for posting a link to it uh, this week uh, because it talked about the deal with uh, this this investment fund, Aries Capital. Um, they had invested a billion dollars across four or five teams, so who knows exactly what the Padres got, but it was what they needed to get a, a marquee team on the field. And they may not carry a $300 million payroll every year the next rule, next decade, but the foundation has been laid um, for competitiveness and for a, you know, a desire to be excellent. That hasn't been here before. That's unprecedented. So maybe try to forget a little bit about the terrible owners of the past and focus on this team's clear ambition to win the hearts of the future. Yeah, I just have a hard time believing that they're up there figuring out the season ticket pricing and the price of parking and the price of concessions and their payroll and their loan obligations and building for themselves a losing model. You, you know what I'm saying? Like building yeah. something where it just that's just not sustainable. Well, we're going to have the greatest attendance in the history of the team and the most season ticket holders at the highest price point in the history of the franchise. And it just won't pencil out. You know, we, unless we make it three rounds in the playoffs, we won't, we won't be able to, you know, keep the lights on next year. There's just no possible way. If, if, if that is the case, 
then we're going to find out, right? With a gigantic friggin' Hindenburg crash and burn years down the road. But there's no indications that this is where we're headed. What, what's indicated is that the Padres decided to make a boss move. And that yeah. what they've done is shock an industry. They've shocked an industry where there were two dozen owners that were per- perfectly happy to offer excuses and offer very mid payrolls, pocket revenue sharing, and you know sell their fans on buying this thing, this product for another year. And I'll, I'll just tag one last thing that I thought Passon said that I couldn't agree with more the amount of time that a major league baseball team is actually asking a true fan to commit over the course of a year it's hundreds of hours hundreds of hours quite often it's four to five hours in a day you know day after day after day and just imagine the oakland fans the cincinnati fans you know That that are coming into the year just going and 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 listen that was the Padres fans for years and years that was us in 2017 going well are we going to win 68 or 69 you know are we going to be stuck in the 70s again or are we going to really do some good solid losing this year you know it's hopeless and the Padres have created a situation now where hope will spring eternal where where expectation springs eternal if that scares dick monfort good it should because we're showing your fans that they're getting taken for a ride year in and year out nailed it man that's exactly it oh there's 30 major league baseball owners if 20 of them don't want to invest their personal wealth or whatever into winning there are 20 people out there in the world richer than them that might want Major League Baseball franchises. So kudos to Steve Cohen, you know, big old bear hug to Papa Pete and uh, Dickie uh, Manford or whatever his name is. You know, I, I hope he's one of the first to go because the people of Colorado deserve better. They have they're in the top 10 of attendance every year and uh, he's given them nothing for that. All right, let's move on to our last uh, baseball topic of discussion before we take our Padre fan survey. Uh, And that is uh, a quick look, something we've talked about on previous episodes, something we're definitely going to talk about once we actually get to execution. But let's do some uh, statistical speculation, my friend. Uh, Courtesy of our producer, Rafi Cantor, he has uh, put together... uh, a look, a spreadsheet look at, uh, which we're, we're looking at, and by the way, our patrons can look at in our Discord. Uh, it's being posted uh, to our Discord for their uh, insight and discussion. Comparing the average time between pitches for members of the Padres pitching staff compared to now the new rules, which uh, once again will be that with the bases empty, The pitch clock is 14 seconds uh, from getting the ball back from the catcher to getting into your windup, beginning your windup to release the ball to home plate. Uh, And then with runners on uh, the pitch clock, you get uh, up to 20 seconds. So uh, what Rafi did was go through and find 
the pitchers who on the Padres uh, worked closest to those limits last year. And we'll call that being in the danger zone, right? Uh, Or or maybe (laughs) we're on the highway right now. We're headed to the danger zone. We're on the highway to the danger zone. Who's on that highway? Well, let me tell you, not Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove averaged just under 11 seconds between pitches last year with no restrictions. Don't worry about Joe Musgrove, Chris. Joe Musgrove has got this on lock. Uh, I mean, he's got, he drinks a lot of coffee, so... Yeah, that's with nobody on, by the way. Yeah, that's it. Java Joe. Java <laughs> Joe's got pep in his step. With nobody on, Joe Mosgrove works very fast. With nobody on, Seth Lugo works very fast. Uh, pitchers who we don't really care about that much, Nabil, Chris, Matt, Tim Hill, work very fast. Nick Martinez, 11.7 seconds. Robert Suarez, 12.2. These guys, no problem. Uh, Blake Snell, nobody on. Average 13 seconds between pitches. Okay. Okay, right? He's, not, he's under. He's, he's under, though. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Oh. Then you, Darvish, 14.9 seconds between pitches. I think all the way through, Chris, you, Darvish, mm. has been the guy I've been worried about as somebody who's going to be affected by the pitch clock. Yeah, and if you look at the list of him compared to other major league pitchers, he's really high. As far as starters go, this is a a problem that uh, relievers, I think, are going to have the the most problem with. You know, you watch a Kenley Jansen or some of these other guys who just make a meal out of every pitch because they need to recharge their arm. I think those are the guys that are going to suffer the most. But you, you is pretty high on the list, both league wide and on the Padres. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we know with runners on, you Darvish would also sometimes even slow it down more. Now, just wrapping up that list, uh, Craig Stammen, who I don't think will throw a pitch for the Padres last year, 15.4. Steve Wilson, 15.7. Luis Garcia, almost 16 seconds. And Josh Hader actually averaged 16.1 seconds between pitches with nobody on. Mm. So, you know, you're going to have to tick it up a little bit. Um, But... You know what the answer to this is, Chris? Um, coffee. It's to pitch faster. Oh yeah, that's right. Just <laughs> a little less time. 
and you'll just be fine with it. You gotta, you just gotta go just a little bit faster. Uh, do you know? You know do you know how many stars there are out there in space? Like, there's more than a like lo- billion. There's, there's more than four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand. There's, there's a lot of them. And, and guess what? On all those stars, we've got the best pitchers on the planet. I mean, in in, in existence, you know, yeah. four hundred thousand stars. And they're all on Earth, and they all play in the major leagues where they can pitch faster. The best at what they do, they're going to figure it out. They have watches that keep time according to the sun, and I think <laughs> it's going to be a non-issue. It is surprising that Stephen Wilson's so high on that list considering he's spent the most time in AAA. Stammen's going to have to get used to it no matter where he pitches. Yeah, <laughs> which might be the California Penal League, but uh, wherever he lands, um, you know, I think they can they can tick it a little bit forward. Here's where I actually was encouraged with Rafi's uh, research here because I the the runners on uh, with nobody on. I I really do think it's 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 almost that simple. It's like okay, you know, it's a little bit more pep, right? Yeah, and both sides apparently are going to have the ability with Pitchcom to communicate now, so the pitcher is going to be able to like press a button and call the pitch to the catcher. That's I, cool. I believe. Yeah, like they'll have their own wristband, so there's going to be a way in that way to to shave a second as well. Um, now I'm curious because last year Austin Nola recorded all the voices that the pitchers <laughs> heard in their head. If the pitchers can press a button. Is that a different voice? So like Austin doesn't hear his own voice back to him, does he? Like he presses a button and you hears Austin go curveball, and then Austin hears Austin go fastball, and he goes, "Wait, did I think that or was?" And then Luis Camposano's like, "No one ever asked me to record, man. <laughs> I was, I was available." No, thought about this a couple times since he passed, but this is a real tragedy that Gilbert Gottfried is no longer with us. So that he couldn't just do it's it for every fastball, a slider. <laughs> Watch out! Here comes the curve. So it turns out uh, all of our big starters, save one, last year, on average, released their pitch under the buzzer. In many cases, just under the buzzer, but uh, in in, le- in fewer than 20 seconds uh, in, in between pitches with runners on base. Uh, Joe Musgrove, who was super, super fast, uh, 10 seconds between pitches with nobody on. With runners on, he jumped right up to 19.1. So, danger zone. But danger zone. Still, still underneath, right? And guess who was right next to him at 19.1 seconds, Chris? You Darvish. Um, you guys are going to see this graph that Rafey put together, and that's part of the new. Like you guys, there's going to be cooler things coming your way that we've already gotten sneak peeks into. Um, breaking all this down on base, on base. I'd be curious to see where it sta- where the Padres stand against other teams in the big picture. Uh, I but like you said, Craig, best players in existence. They're going to figure it out. I I hope Ryan Weathers comes up to the big leagues this year just so he can see his pickoff move 
and see just the sweat pour out of every pour after he's tried it twice and the runner, the runner's ready to go. I think it's going to be fun. I'm not worried about it affecting the team. I'm not either. And I mean, I've said you, but it's interesting. The guy who was the slowest was Blake Snell. Yeah. Uh, and he averaged over 20 seconds uh, in between pitches with, with runners on base. And that's completely what we've experienced, you know, now in, in two full Blake Snell seasons is that when he gets wrong, he slows it down. He puts mm. both hands to his head. He lifts the cap off. He puts the cap on, you know, and, and sometimes he grinds the game to a halt. The, he's the only one I think I really worry about spiraling on the mound in terms of a, getting into a negative situation and spiraling. It's a two-way street. Hitters no longer can take their time and do timeouts. You know, the Padres right. during the playoffs messed with the Mets and the Dodgers by throwing off the rhythm. I think this is going to balance itself out. It may change. I worry about guys getting hurt. You say Snell, maybe he starts rushing, throwing a little bit more on the pitches. You, there's a little bit with that, but I like everybody's on the same playing field. You know, this is, and especially the younger players who have come up through AAA, the Padres don't have a lot of pitchers in that category. I don't think it's going to be a very steep learning curve. And they, they have spring training to do, to deal with it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm more excited about it than anything else. I mean, I, I got to be perfectly honest. Yeah. The idea of getting out of Petco Park yeah. at 935 is so appealing. It's yeah. so appealing. I saw have, in the minor leagues. It was so yeah. great. It just pace of play, man. It matters. It does. One of the great things about going to a San Diego soccer's match is, you know, ten, two hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be over with. You know, the game's going to be over. We're going to win. It's going to be great. Why don't you come on out this Friday? Star Wars night. We're going to be wearing R2-D2 kits. It's going to be amazing. SDSoccers.com. Hey, unsolicited ad. What do you know? Point of privilege. All right. Are you ready to take a uh, fan survey, Chris? This is going to be the second time today. So I hope, I, I wonder if I'll answer the same. I wonder if my opinion has changed since 930 this morning. Okay, well, let's find out, shall we? <laughs> As we will take uh, the the Athletics 2023 San Diego Padres fan survey. Uh, question one, how confident are you that the Padres are headed in the right direction from one, not confident at all, to five, very, very confident? Uh, channel your inner Dick Monfort or your inner Peter Seidler, and uh, wh- what are you, one through five? I am a five, Craig. Yeah, I'm a five. Very confident. (laughs) I've seen the other direction. Uh, I've seen the other direction. What what, what, what if Manny opts out, though? Oh, no. What if if Juan Soto opts? What if... $275 million payroll. Yeah. I'm very confident in our direction. Correct the direction. best direction we've ever been in. Yeah. We've never been in this direction before. But like the other it. the other direction is being the Rays and setting a new franchise record by signing Zach Wheeler to fifty million dollars or whatever it was. Yeah. This is the direction we yeah, want to be walking. Very confident. How does that compare to how you felt this time last year? Are you a 
lot more confident now, a little more confident. So in other words, comparing this to how you felt at the start of 2022, uh, are, are you more of a five than you were before or, or were you already a five last year? Let's unpack it a tiny bit. Last year, we're a little worried about the death of the offense. This year, we're a little worried about the death of the starting pitching. But you know what? We've got an elite bullpen. We've got Xander Bogarts. And we've got, uh, you know, three proven MLB guys that are ready to go and a bunch of guys ready to audition. So I feel more confident this year. I want to say, what was the scale again? Uh, let's just call it, it was a- from... Uh- yeah, a lot more, a little more, same, a little less, a lot less. I'm I'm a lot more because we have Juan Soto on our team this year too. Last year we had you know whoever we had nobody playing right field opening day. Nobody knew it was a mystery. Right. Well, you, I'm definitely a lot more confident than I was last year. Last year we were talking about do they have any money to make any deals? Yeah. Does this team yeah. have enough depth? Is Jerickson Profar the backup at every single position? What happens if someone gets hurt? And I literally picked the team to between to win between 84 and 90 games. Now, they did win 87 games. Hmm. We also thought that Fernando, this time last year, we had no idea whether Fernando Tatis Jr. was going to play, not play. There was a lot of confusion. Now there's certainty on this. I'm a lot more confident than I was at this time last year. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Uh, question three. How confident are you in ownership led by Chairman Peter Seidler? One through five. I am vibing. Five. Five. Moving on. Just go listen to the previous segment. How confident are you in AJ Preller? One through five. I remember this answer and it is unchanged. I am a three. I I am right down the middle. I think AJ has done a really good job putting a great team on the field. I do think he's been given a lot of resources to do that. So it's a reflection on his, you know, job assembling the team, whether it performs at $300 million level or not. You know, he's compared to a lot of teams that don't pay that. So uh, if somebody puts a team that wins more games than the Padres out there and they spend $150 million less, that person has done a better job as a GM. Um, so, yeah, I'm right down the middle, man. I, I think he's done good. He's had swings and misses, and he's had home runs. So we'll see. I feel like every time I've ever answered this survey, I've either given him a two or a three. Um and I'm 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 gonna give Preller a four yes. right now. I feel I, I feel like most of the work is done. Um, I feel like this team is essentially it's already been assembled, and there's there's almost like not that much more he can do. Mm-hmm. 
Inter- you know, so if I'm saying a three right now, I almost feel like I'm that's a hedge against a bad future Clevenger type trade. Um, and I just don't even know that he has the resources to do that right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say four, um, which is not my new all time high rating for AJ Preller on this. That makes uh, me feel so Mel- good. Does um, it really? No, yeah, I, I'm ahead of you though. No, like that makes me feel good because I've listened to you talk about AJ Preller a lot. And if you're feeling better than I'm feeling better, Craig, uh, Bowmel X1, I, I think. Yeah, one Bo- to five, Bowmel. He was the best offseason acquisition last year. He's had a full year, you know, with his troops. Uh, I'm a solid five, vibing the Bowmel. Okay. Um, I'm a four. I'm a four. I'm not going to forget uh, that that Bomel definitely will trusts his players, and mm-hmm. that includes a certain sliver of that that is to a fault. Mm-hmm. That he does have a little over trust. Uh, a certain long haired pitchers last year. Mm-hmm, a little leave you in too long. Uh, 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 you know exactly whether it's Clevenger or Manaya. Mm-hmm. I I will not. Forget game four of the NLCS. I do think Bob Melvin could have changed very, at least slightly, the trajectory of that game, which could have changed the trajectory of the series and maybe the result of the series. Uh, Nonetheless, people after that game were really hammering him. I just think we learned who Bob Melvin is. And I don't know that he's a perfect manager, but I think he's the manager I want for our team. So I'm a four. Sweet. Next up... What's your level of, oh, yeah. what's your level of confidence in Fernando Tatis Jr. making a successful return in 2023, one through five, five being very confident? Boy, this is a, this is a soul-searching one for me, Craig, because I, I've been on the other side of this. I'm going to say a four. I, I I really, really liked hearing what he had to say in that um, uh, Annie Helbrun, Kevin AC piece. I thought it, it resonated more true and it resonated more uh, self-critical than how he, you know, I mean, he was dealing with really stuff he's never dealt before, you know, last July, last August. Um, but it, it got me back to remembering 19-year-old phenom, Tatis Jr. coming up and the, you know, where he pictures himself landing in the, the history of baseball. So I'm, I'm going a four. A lot of things can happen. Dude's had, you know, 53 surgeries the past month and a half, but a four. Yeah. And I, I uh, was really interested to see that quote in the piece, and we probably should have led with that, uh, where he talked about, well, yeah, you know, I did all this with one shoulder. In 2020, like, yeah, that was the same shoulder you didn't want to have a surgery on, man, until you got busted and then you had it. And now he's happy. Fernando Tatis Jr. is young and he overbets on himself. And that is something that is part of what makes him great. I am a five on this. Um, I fully expect Fernando Tatis Jr. at the plate, if nothing else to make a very successful return in 2023. Um, I don't expect him to be injury-plagued, and I don't expect him to not be successful 
because he's just not wired that way. Not to say he won't have any struggles, but I expect him to be good in this year. Fine, I'll, I'll buy another Tatis Jr. baseball card. Just in case. I mean, trade three Grishams for one. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the I don't know what the rate is. No, it's a little it's a little bit worse of a ratio than that, Craig. I, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to get a smaller shoebox if I get one. If I trade some Grisham cards for a Tatis. That makes sense. Uh follow-up question. Where on the field would you like to see Tatis spend most of his time? They gave the three outfield options, shortstop or other. Dude, I've been consistent on this for years. I think he projects as San Diego's next great right fielder. I think he belongs out there. He's got a cannon that makes any base in reach of him that that runners have to think about. I think that saves runs. Um, His athleticism paired with Trent Grisham in center means that three quarters of the field is closed. Um, I, I think it's a natural thing. I think him playing Tony's spot uh, has a lot of poetry to it. I, I know he wants to be Derek Jeter, um, and he is athlete enough to play shortstop for a long, long time. But I think the dude could have a, a 22, 23-year career as a right fielder DH in MLB. Well, that's a strong statement. Uh, I'll answer the same right field, but I've just got a different reason. It's because I don't want to see Juan Soto in right field. I want to see Juan Soto (laughs) in left field, uh, where I think he'll be less dangerous. And I think Grisham has earned center field. And clearly he doesn't... Shortstop's not an option. They're not just going to go put him at shortstop right now, which leads to the very next question. How would you rate the decision to sign Xander Bogarts to an 11-year, $280 million deal from one being, I think it was a bad idea, to five being, I love the signing? Five. I love the signing. They tried to get Judge and Turner, the two other hitters they thought might be better, and they went with the, the other option. Five. I can't, I can't go five. Too I just much don't money? Know. I, is it's it just the, the number? Years, man. No, yeah. it's just I don't care about the money. I truly don't care about the money. I'm wondering about 38, 39, 40, and 41 year old Xander Bogarts. But that, but if you, I don't think they're worried about the money either. I think he gets traded or you know DFA'd and traded if that's if that worst case comes to be. You know, if the dude just can't be in the field as a 37 year old, we can even cut it shorter. You know, a lot of people think he's got four or five years left in the field. Um, Let me me give you one more thing. Yeah. If the team signed Trey Turner, Hmm. Trey Turner's a really good shortstop. Hmm. But he's still not as good a shortstop as Hassan Kim. Yeah. Xander Bogarts isn't as good a shortstop as Hassan Kim. Mm -hmm. He isn't as good a shortstop as Fernando Tatis. And he might not be as good a shortstop as Jake Cronenworth. Let alone Manny Machado. (laughs) He might not be as good a shortstop as Manny Machado. And that's why I'm just going to put this as a three for right now. And and I'm going to give Xander all the opportunity for me to fall in love with him. Um, I'm looking forward to going out and watching him play. But he doesn't have a green monster to aim at anymore. 
and he's a 30-year-old shortstop who's our third, fourth, or fifth best defensive shortstop playing shortstop. And I'm going to get irritated mm-hmm. if balls get through that Hassan Kim would have stopped at shortstop. So that's going to be, that's why I'm going to hedge on a three. But that's a different question. If you would have asked me how excited am I that Xander Bogarts is playing shortstop and Hassan Kim is at second, it would be less. I'm kind of taking that dynamic out of my factor. I'm just stoked that that bat is in our lineup. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fair enough. Uh, what is the team's biggest weakness? Bench, catcher, center field, rotation depth, or other? Let's scratch center field off. For the, <laughs> I'm offended it's for, even for the man, on the list. For the man with the shoe for the Ann Grisham makes nine uh leader, the showrunner for Ann Grisham makes nine, Chris Reed. Uh so so what would you pick? Guys, know the answer to this. We got three major league baseball starters on the team of right part. now. It's rotation depth. Um that's actually it's an easy question. All right. Manny th- these three all work together. Hmm? Manny Machado can app can opt out next off season. Will the Padres keep Machado beyond 2023? Yes or no? Yes. And I'm a yes. Juan Soto can become a free agent after the 2024 season. Will the Padres keep Soto beyond 2024? Yes or no? No. I'm a no. If keeping one player means losing the other, whom would you choose to keep? Manny Machado or Juan Soto? Manny Machado. Juan Soto. Manny has ingrained himself like as uh, Manny has won over the community. He came in with a lot to prove, and he proved he was worth every single dime of a record-breaking contract. I think he had, he didn't come in as a leader. You know, we already had vaunted uh, clubhouse captain Eric Hosmer in that position, but Manny oh, won yeah. the job. Yeah, Manny and won Craig the Stammen. job. Oh, don't forget Craig Stammen. You know, laying it down for young Fernando, showing him how to be a major league, major leaguer of excellence. I just think Manny's done it. He's done everything uh, that the team asked of him. He continues to do it. He's become my favorite ball player, Craig. So, 
you know, getting away from how much war is he going to put up over the life of the contract compared to, you know, Soto, who's, you know, several years younger and a Ted Williams S hitter. Uh, Manny's my favorite. So I, that's who I want. Yeah. I'm, I'm just dealing with brutal, cold, hard logic of if, if, and I don't want this to happen, nor do I ever, ex- I do not expect this to happen. Like I said, I expect the Padres are going to re-up and like, you know, you've suggested before, they may just throw five more years on the back end of what he's got and, and, and make it roll. But there's no world where my baseball mind will say that spending on age 32 and beyond of Manny Machado is prefer- preferable to spending on age 25 and beyond of Juan Soto. It's Juan Soto. It's Juan Soto all the all the day. And if Manny Machado left after five years to go get more money in New York, this would be the single best transaction in Padres history to get the five prime years of Manny Machado at a cost-controlled amount and then to not pay for the inevitable decline that will come in future years, and instead to apply that money to a, a rising resource in Juan Soto. Objectively, there's only one way to go. Emotionally, I completely understand your point of view, and I don't know that Juan Soto's committed to San Diego the way Manny Machado has committed himself to San Diego, and that will matter over time. But cold survey question, Give Juan the money. Dude, valid, logical, intelligent, hate it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I get you, man. I get you. Uh, Which player will place highest in this year's NL MVP voting? Bogarts, Machado, Dodo, or Tati? Okay, so Topps Chrome did a promotion where they gave uh, a buyback for the, who won the MVP in each league. You guys might have noticed Manny Machado finished second. If he would have gotten a few more votes, I'd, I'd be sitting in a Scrooge McDuck vat of gold coins because that's how many Manny Machado Topps Chrome cards I have. He might win the damn MVP next year. That's where my money's going Every single time, this is a guy who's gotten votes like half of the years he's played. He was second last year. He's pumped. He wants to win a World Series. I think he's winning it next year. Okay. I'm just going to stay with my line, and I'm going to pick Soto. (laughs) Uh, The player who I think uh, stands to benefit from these new rules, uh, who's getting his first full year in San Diego, who's going to have Tatis in front of him and Machado behind him, he might score 140 runs this year. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to pick Soto. I think he's going to have a giant year, and that's going to be part of the reason why we can't keep him. It's <laughs> because he has a, just a monster year at age 24, one year away from free agency, and then we offer him 50 million a year, and Boris is like, "Yeah, whatever. Uh, chill, chill out." Um, how concerned are you about the Padres' lack of starting pitching? under team control beyond 2023. This is not a this year question. Mm -hmm. This is a next year and beyond question. How concerned are you about their lack of starting pitching from one to five, not concerned to very concerned? So it's a four for me. You know, uh, 
I almost kind of think the team needs to address it this year, even though, you know, they want to put the best starting nine out there. They have a lot of infield depth that that could get you a, a solid, controllable starter for the next two, three years. And the the free agency market for pitching, that said, is pretty strong next year and the year after. So maybe it's not the only way out, but you know, if if it gets down to it, a lot of the Padres, what they planned on having controllable starters didn't work out. Lamette, Attic, you know, those guys just yeah. didn't flesh out. So there's no plan. There's seemingly no plan. You know, Dylan Lesko's three, four years away. Um, it's concerning uh, as much as anything. Um, I'll go three on this. Uh, and the only reason I'm not more is... It's it's kind of like I mean how how concerned are you about everything after 2023? You know, there's so much coming off the books. There's so many players that are free agents. Am I confident that the Padres are going to attempt to field a competitive team? Yes. Do I know that that involves starting pitching? Yes. So you know wh- whether or not it's keeping these exact three guys or retooling in a different way that gets you to kind of the same place. I'm I'm at least reasonably confident. And this ties into the very next question, Chris. How confident are you that the Padres will continue to maintain a top five payroll from one to five? This was a two for me. I'm not entirely sure because I do think the like the Padres are changing the game. And I think the league is going to catch up. Um, you know, there's two teams in New York. There's two teams in LA. There's two teams in Chicago. All those markets are huge. And it just takes an owner who gives a crap and wants to put some of their wealth into it. So that particular question, I, I'm not I'm not all that confident, nor am I that concerned. Oh, that's interesting. I think that's a good point of view. It it actually changes my answer because I would have been a five mm. in, in terms of like we talked about it earlier. I can't keep saying this enough. They're capping season tickets. This has never, ever happened in over 50 years of Padres baseball. There's never been more demand than supply in the history of the team. And at their highest pay point ever, there's more demand than supply. So I feel very confident that they have built something that they want to continue, that they want to keep this going, that there's no... John Moore's just got a divorce, and so now we're going to have some Korean dude as our ace starter. Who was that guy? Ha Sung Beck, Ka Sung Jin. I I can't even remember. I I hope that didn't. I'm like, I'm trying. 2008 was dark times, man. Yeah, dude. Dark times. I I can't recall either. You know, he dumped the team into San Diego Bay. Yeah, I'm not trying to dog the kid. No, I know. And, you know, names that are outside our culture aren't, you know, at the top of our head because they're not John or, or Mike. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But I just think the Josh rest of back. There you go. <laughs> Josh Beck was our starter, man. We got Randy Wolf and we got excited. Yeah. We went from Jake Peavy to him. That's, that's the letdown. Will Ledesma, Justin Germano, you know, like 
We're not going back. Burn the ships. Remember? Dude, you're right. It's just top five. Like, how? That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it, I, that's the great point you made. So I go from a five to a three, okay? Because I'm a five that they want to do the, a thing like this, yeah. and I'm a three that they might not look up and go, oh, wait, we're 10th now yeah. spending $275 million. So Mark Cuban, if that went, happens, yeah. Mark Cuban goes and buys, you know, the Reds or something, and you know, lights continues lighting the league on fire. Uh, you know, the Padres are just changing the game, and that's great. We've never been in this situation before. Agreed. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Which Padres prospect makes you the most excited? Dylan Lesko, Jackson Merrill, Ethan S- Salas, Sammy Zavala, or other? Uh, I'm going to change my answer than what I answered this morning. And it's going to be a nonsense answer. It's just because it's a pet pro, you know, uh, you know, a guy I know, and that's Terso Ornelas. I don't even think he's in our top 30 anymore. He might've been like 25 last year, but he's a TJ kid. He's a bat to ball guy. He doesn't have a lot of power. Uh, I, I would love to have the Padres have a bona fide Mexican, presence on the team again you know uh like adrian gonzalez i mean was a superstar but but yeah i'm going with terso let's talk terso bring him bring him i want to see him succeed i'm excited about terso we have talked terso terso talk has ended uh jackson merrill would be my pick (laughs) for previous reasons discussed (laughs) Um, Why are you going number 17 overall? I'm going number 420 <laughs> overall. Yeah, yeah. Precisely. But he's hoping to rise up to 69 this year. <laughs> um, then it'll be a nice year. It'll be just a nice year for Terso. How uh, great. Who would we, you like to see? What's that? Uh, it would be great if we had 69 and 420 in the same Baseball America ranking. I mean, that's San Diego, baby. <laughs> yeah. Who would you like to see inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame next? That's important. Who would you next like to see inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame? Bruce Bochy, Bob Chandler, Eduardo Ortega, Jake Peavy, Eric Shaw, or other? And uh, I, I had kind of missed Shaw in that question because Shaw is a sad story. But uh, it's Bochy because we're fellow eight heads. We, we have a hard time finding hats. I've gotten to meet him out in the real world, and he's just a remarkable presence. He's incredibly accomplished, and the team letting him go may be the biggest mistake they've made in the last 30 years. So that's my guy, Boach. Okay. Um, Eric Shaw should not be inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame. Uh, Other should not be inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame. Jake Peavy should be inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame, and uh, whenever they'd like to do that is fine by me. Bruce Bochy should be inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame. He's busy right now. He's managing the Rangers. They can do that whenever they'd like. Eduardo Ortega should be inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame. That should happen sooner rather than later. But the person I'd like to see next inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame is Bob Chandler. 
Bob Chandler deserves to be in the Padres Hall of Fame. Bob Chandler, I hope, has many more years left on this earth to enjoy such an honor, but I don't know how many more great years Bob Chandler has left. Now is the time. Induct Bob Chandler into the Padres Hall of Fame. I have spoken. You crushed that, Craig. That is the perfect answer. I'm changing mine. I couldn't agree more. How would you rate Bally Sports San Diego's Padres broadcast? I find this a loaded question because mm-hmm. can I separate Don and Mud from the rest of it? Or am I really basing this on Don and Mud? Because it's a five for Don and Mud and it's a <laughs> two for everything else. There is there a Mark Sweeney deduction happening? Not to name names. I I, I like yeah, I mean, nothing against Pomerantz either. I love Pomerantz. Yeah. But just the whole thing, the da 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 da, you know, and like the whole thing, like I'm just I'm over all of it, uh, uh, other than Don and Mud. I can't separate it, so I'm a five. I think they're the best in the business. I think they got us through some dark, dark times, um, and yeah, they could have nobody Audrey's else. Radio, yeah, Pop? Uh, yeah, I know. Padres Radio is a five for me, too, because they've both grown so much. Jesse Agler, uh, that's a dude who might be in the Broadcasters Hall of Fame someday if the dude keeps up with his trajectory. And it's incredible because I've been able to hear his journey and watch it. You know, I think it was... It may not have been back in the channel four days, but whatever. And Tony Gwynn Jr., I could say the exact same thing. Uh, I don't know if he was a natural coming into it, but uh, he's insightful. He sounds just like his dad, so there's nostalgia. And him and Jesse have really worked out a really great dynamic. And whenever it's somebody different, it's it's worse. Because I, I do listen to them a fair amount because of blackouts and stuff. It's a five for me. I think Jesse's terrific. Um, and, I like, and I like Tony, and he's funny sometimes, too. Um, <laughs> What's your excitement level for the 2023 Padres? We're both a five. Let's move on. I'm a thousand, um, bro. Yeah, like five's not enough. Uh, how many games do you think we'll win in 2023? Skip that. We do that at the end of spring training. Don't you get ahead of us, Dennis Lynn. Um, will the Padres make it to a World Series in the next two seasons? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. If I don't say yes on Padres Hot Tub, what the hell am I doing on Padres Hot Tub? <laughs> like, yes, of course. Yes, yes. Both seasons. Yes. Yeah, I only um, win it. And lastly, describe your feelings on the state of the team and its future in one sentence. Thank you, Papa Pete. Mine is insidler we trust. You know, when you've got an owner like Peter Seidler, what else are you going to say? He's, if any of us were crazy, stupid, rich, we would do the exact same thing he's doing. And that's everything you can ask for in an owner. That's it, guys. Padres Hot Tub. We've brought it to an end. Somehow we've managed to to generate weekly content out of an extremely silly part 
of the baseball season, and we shall see if we can do it again next week. Love doing it, Craig. It's a privilege every time. Uh, and I'm, thank you, Craig Elston. Who, me? Thank yes. you, Chris Reed. Thank you, Rafi. Rafi, I thought your contributions to today's pod above and beyond, man. Thanks, everyone. I thought I'd chime in right at the very end. Yeah, no, thank you. No, our our producer is Rafi Cantor. Hi, everybody. I've been here the whole time. (laughs) Uh, Per words, his his war is off the charts. (laughs) All right, Padres hot tub. We're done now. Now we're really done. We're done. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.